Blog Talk Radio. traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Ms. Pat? Hi, Reverend James. Um, you uh, came to us with the what I call silent running dust boot sound. That's the that's the, that's the sound that you sound like when you're broadcasting from inside a submarine somewhere in the North Sea. Oh no. Oh yes. <laughs> it, it just depends if it's silent running or dust, silent running or dust boot. Um, you might we might need to get you to call in again. That was interesting. I mean, you were hearable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the wonders, the wonders of the internet connectivity. Well, folks, here we are. We're going to have a wonderful show. And as I just um, posted for the um, all of seven chat <laughs> uh, room members today, this is hardcore chat. This is the hardcore chat people who are not interested in the Super Bowl. Oh because yeah. It's Super Bowl Sunday and um in the past we have even had announcers and um co-hosts who said nope, got to go do the Super Bowl. And we've even done rebroadcasts um on the Super Bowl because it was like a national holiday like like Christmas, New Year's, <laughs> Easter. Um but um we persist. Now we're up to eight people. Hey, uh good. Some folks um would love to learn more about folk magic than the Super Bowl. And um, I especially want to give a shout-out to everyone who's here. Angela L. Balkan Diviner, um, Buffalo Weaver. That's a name I'm not familiar with. Dr. Sweets. Hi, Dr. Sweets. And um, and then, of course, ourselves, including Miss Miranda Tarot, who will be on in a few minutes. I wanted to give a special shout-out to Balkan Diviner, uh, who has been engaging me at the Lucky Mojo Forum in some very interesting topics and um, has actually come up with a topic which may become a radio show topic as soon as I can figure out how to schedule it in. And uh, so thank you, Balkan Diviner, for asking about whether we prefer to do short rows, fans, or other layouts. It's a great topic, and um, you got me going, and I went into my whole thing 
probably all of which should um, I should go on at length on the radio show at a different time. But thank you so much, Balkan Viner, for for playing. <laughs> Um, And let's see, what else is new here in Lucky Mojo land? Well, we are working very hard on the Huda Heritage Festival, June 10th and 11th, and 2023. And we are hard at work getting things together for that festival. Objects, items, whatever it takes. And I'm working on a book and so it goes. There are other things going on at Lucky Mojo. The spring weather in California starts early, and spring weather has brought out the walk-in customers, and we are so grateful. Some people we haven't seen in two years since COVID, lots of walk-in people, and um, a lot of people saying, gee, I didn't know you guys still existed. Well, you know, just check your... <laughs> check your um, internet. We're still here. But it's just wonderful people coming out of the woodwork that we really haven't seen in a long time. The shelves are stocked. We have lots of, of product online uh, as well as in the shop. And we are shipping daily except for, of course, Sunday. And um, that's it for around here. I just made a huge batch of goofer dust to the point that I thought, like, everybody in the world must be cursing everybody else. But we got in a lot of requests for goofer dust. Somehow it just hit, you know, everybody wanted it on one day. So I made a big, big batch of it. And we've been also getting a lot of orders for devil shoestrings, and I've been bagging those. And um, I think that's about it from around here. If you want to follow... Um, What's happening at Lucky Mojo? You can go to the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Ask your questions, get your answers. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram. And there's a lot that I post that has nothing to do with hoodoo. Um, recently, I've been having a little uh, research project on what exactly is chat AI. And um, the answer is something really creepy so we, you can follow me on Facebook for that and um, that's about it um, so let me ask um, James what's going on in your world you're our announcer this week and it's alternating between you and Art so now it's a James week how are things in North Carolina Doing quite well. It's just a little chilly, uh, and luckily we just had our propane refilled, uh, so we're 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 getting getting warmer. Uh, but um, doing doing lots of uh, vigil candles lately, and and uh, um, for me, oddly enough, I don't get a lot of people asking for mojos, but I've gotten mojo requests recently. Um, so that's what I've been working on. That and um, updating the hoodooworkshops.com page. There are now packages at the bottom, so you can see and purchase all of the um, workshops from previous Hoodoo Heritage Festivals as a package deal, if you didn't know that you could do that. And you get a discount when you buy the package. So to make this real clear, and by the way, uh, James, your voice sounds totally normal now. (laughs) Good, <laughs> <Thank> fantastic. <you. laughs> uh, 
the uh, if you if you buy these online classes, they're twenty five dollars each. But if you buy them in the set that they came in as one Hoodoo Heritage Festival package, you get ten of them for the price of nine. You get a discount of twenty five dollars. So go ahead and purchase those as well if you really want to get the whole impact of one year's. Um, festival. And I see that a few more people have showed up. Um, Onyx Rose is here and um, and let's see, somebody named Redneck Mystic 2000. I wonder who that is. Says that they're returning. Hmm. Well, I have no idea who that is, but welcome back and uh, welcome here. That's kind of neat to know you're here. All righty. Um, we're going to now switch over to our co-host, Conjurman, and he's going to tell us what the hell is happening in Conjurman land. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's not happening, the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, yes. not, I, it's funny. I'm so out of the loop that I didn't know the Super Bowl was going on until like Friday. And then my friends always have an ongoing joke where they try to quiz me on who's playing in the Super Bowl because I always say like the same like three teams because I only know three teams. <laughs> when you mentioned the Super Bowl, well, I had literally forgotten Sunday. <laughs> in two days, I had managed to have forgotten that the Super Bowl is starting at the exact same time that the show is going. That's what's not going. <laughs> but it's been other than that, it's been a, a fantastic February so far. It's been uh, lots of love all the time, so this is a very fitting topic and a very fitting episode because I think maybe 90% of my clients right now are all love clients or reconciliation clients, people who are trying to get back together with an ex or people who are trying to bring back a, a wayward lover or people who are just trying to find new love or feel good about themselves, which is interesting because the beginning of the year was entirely people planning for the year ahead. It was like they were the go-getters. They were my, my star A-star team. They were very excited about making 2023 their year. I want to be rich. I want to be successful. I want to get this job. I want to try this new thing. And that was all the theme for January. And then they completely sort of disappeared. Instead, now, the entire month of February is like love. Now, like I said, 90% of the clients are talking about love. So it's been interesting. I had a client, I mentioned an update about getting a client a date uh, just relatively recently. Uh, we did some magical work. A long, long dry spell. Uh, they finally went out on the date and I got another report uh, just a couple days ago that things are going really well and they're going for their third date now. So I'm very excited to see that things are headed in the right direction. Um, and this is not only a Valentine's Day special. It happens to be a Valentine's Day where Venus is exalted in Pisces. I am very much looking forward to this conversation. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, for those who are not astrologers, Venus exalted in Pisces, it sounds just like it's crowing like a little rooster. It's so exalted. Um, or maybe it was put up on a throne <laughs> with a crowd. Um, yes. Planets, planets have uh, different connections to different signs of the zodiac. Each planet rules um, one or two signs of the zodiacs. And then they have other signs of the zodiacs with which they have other relationships, like <clears throat> being in... Mm -hmm. um, in their detriment or fall or being exalted. Yeah. And these are technical terms from astrology. Venus, being the planet of love, is happens to be in Pisces, which is its exaltation, the best place it can be 
in the entire zodiac. So that makes this Valentine's exactly. Day very special for astrologers. Yes. Even <laughs> even though the moon today is not doing so well in Scorpio, Venus is doing. Oh well come on moon. now. <laughs> A little sarcasm. By, by Valentine's Day, by, 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 oh. by Valentine's Day, the moon will be in a much better position. So that's just an example of relationships mm-hmm. we have. Good, bad, medium. Eh. Yeah, it's a, it's a constantly shifting show of those planets. You never know what's going to happen less unless, next unless you have an ephemeris. And who needs an ephemeris in these days of the Internet? Go out and get yourself one of these little programs like Celeste, a little app fits into your iPhone and tells you exactly what's happening. All right. Well, today, being on the verge of Valentine's, our show is going to be on Valentine's spells. Not just love spells, but Valentine's Day spells. Mm-hmm. These are going to be, this is not just, you know, bring back my boyfriend or I'm looking for new love, but it's how do we harness the energy of this sacred slash secular day. Now, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day is one of those odd um, holidays. It started off with, um, you know, St. Valentine, Catholic Church, and it has become mm-hmm. popular and secular. So we're going to talk about this with Miss Miranda. So Miss Miranda, are you here? Welcome. I am, there she is. So first of all, before we get into Valentine's Day, tell us what you are doing currently. You've been a guest on our show before, and uh, we'd like to know where you're at. Still in Minneapolis. Um, I work for a really big company that um, is uh, unavoidable, um, but also wonderful. And I design kids' clothes, actually, on my day-to-day. So it's a really fun world that I normally live in, but I also read tarot professionally um, and have been for years and years. So it's been a, it's a nice balance, but I'm very authentically myself in both worlds. So it's great. I like the fact that you work for the proverbial large company that cannot be avoided. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they make um, a lot of things happen for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, sorry, I was just definitely saying also that it's a beautiful 40-degree day that makes me very worried about climate change, put it that way, because mm. it's the middle of February. And so there's some uh, some weird feelings, like, why is it so nice today? But um, but other than that, I'm doing really well and uh, very happy at my current employer. For- <laughs> yeah, I I get the thing about climate change. We're all kind of on edge about that, you know, like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um uh, I'm I'm uh, reveling in it to a certain extent as long as we get rain. It's the idea that we might be living in the near equivalent of Las Vegas that I'm not so happy about. Right. We just you I mean, know we want that balance between warmth and water. Maybe we could return definitely... to the Cretaceous period. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, no, I'm, go ahead. You're saying Cretaceous period. Like, you're, you're mentioning historical relevance. I'm just scared. They're so, go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm not happy about it either, but I sometimes look back and think, you know, the Cretaceous period wasn't so bad. You know? All right. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> let's talk about Valentine's Day. And as I mentioned, Valentine's Day originally started as a celebration of St. Valentine, but it has become 
the Hearts and Flowers holiday. It's entirely secular. It's it's uh, certainly celebrated by people who are Protestant, not Catholic, and also by people who are not even Christian, and by people who are not even religious. It's just a nice day. And um, so tell us your take on it, and then we'll start sharing some spells that we use on Valentine's Day. Well, um, I have an interesting story around Valentine's Day. Um, my family is um, a little different. We grew up Christian, like Lutherans, but um, up in northern Wisconsin. But there's also a thing in Wisconsin that I think is really um, different, or maybe it's a lot the same, actually, when I think about it. But bars are community places. So bars are... Um, people will have community meetings. People will gather for events. A lot of those bars are more of a tavern pub culture. Um, and so I grew up in a bar, and something that was really important to my family was to make the community feel welcome. So on Valentine's Day, which was very much at this point in our lives, focused on finding a lover or finding the one and sharing, you know, all these, like, great little gifts and taking them out to dinner and doing all these you know, couple-y things, my family took that as an opportunity to make, like, a buffet-style dinner um, at their bar and let people walk through and have food and be with each other. It's kind of like a Lonely Hearts Club um, situation. But for us, it was just more of, like, it's the middle of winter. It's cold. How do you get people out of their homes? Um, how do you get them to socialize? <laughs> and also, like, kind of just saying thank you for being a, a – a customer of ours or thank you for being someone who comes to our bar and talks with us and, and is with us. So we kind of have a different way of thinking about that. And my mom and my dad would still make meals for like other holidays too, like St. Patrick's day and like things like that, that were just more social, but they made Valentine's day a day for friends, not for lovers. So to this day, my sister and I, and my mom, we make hundreds of Valentine's. I do about 200 Valentine's a year. Um, and I mail them to all of my coworkers, my old coworkers, my friends around the world, depending on where I've lived. And I even open it up sometimes to clients and even to just people on Instagram that say that they need some little, you know, a little pickup in their life. And it's never anything ridiculous, but it is something that I've made by hand. It's something that I had a lot of thought and time that I put into. And it's just like sending a virtual hug. It's just letting someone out there know that I see you, I appreciate you. And it just kind of reconnects people from far away. Um, and it doesn't always have to be about love. It can just be, a, here's a good laugh, or here's something sweet that I've made. Um, yeah, so that's how I kind of see Valentine's Day with my family. But it's, it's very different than I think um, maybe, you know, the one or pining after someone or writing a love letter. You can do those any days of the week. But Valentine's Day is this weird little cold place in, in the wintertime that allows us to have a little bit of a social moment. So, yeah, that's that's, that's wonderful. And and speaking as someone who has received a, um, more than one of your little mail outs, uh, she's serious. She does mail these things out. And they're wonderful. Um, this brings up the whole issue that was asked above: um, which Saint Valentine? And uh, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, maybe somebody does. And the other thing is, what is Cupid doing there? This is psyche's little arrow shooter and and cupid is part of valentine's day too um what is all of this let's just talk about the imagery we have the imagery that i understand valentine's oh the, the, yeah. chi the child of a jewish immigrant and a, a 
communist, <laughs> Sicilian, <laughs> atheist. Um, it, you know, I look at it and say, Valentine's, there's these red hearts, there's white hearts and red hearts linked together in little strings. There's lace, there's flowers, mostly red flowers, and then there's cookies in the shape of hearts, and then there's these heart-shaped red boxes of C's candy, which are chocolates, and then... Um, and then there's like the words, be mine, be my Valentine. And these little children shooting arrows and, and children falling in love with each other. It's like more like the six of cups in Tarot than it is like something yeah. dignified with love. Because it's often re- referenced as children. And when we were kids, we got doily paper, which was like paper lace. And we would glue and we made these Valentines in school. And then we got random names of other kids and we had to give away our beautiful valentine to some random kid and we got their random valentine but sometimes it was pretty good but then in other classes we got to take the valentine home to our mother which is kind of really odd because we don't want to have our mother fall in love with us she already maybe does or maybe does not love us and then we got paid for we had to go out and buy a package of 30 Valentine cards, and then those were like <laughs> distributed to the 30 kids in the class. All of them had yeah. to be signed. And then sometimes there would be somebody who got none because they were poor Dust Bowl refugees who couldn't even afford the 25-cent packet of Valentine's cards at the at the um, Woolworths um, basement. And so the teacher had to bring little Stevie up you know, and say, here, I'll give you these cards. And they had to supply cards. And then, wow, what a stressful day it was. <laughs> I swear it was a racket. I, I mean, honestly, when I look back on the amount of things I bought for Valentine's Day out of guilt, I mean, typically <laughs> mattress stores find a holiday to sell a mattress on any day of the week. They will find something. So I feel like Valentine's Day became like a the capitalism throes of, like, how do we make everyone feel the guilt of this holiday or something, or the shame of this holiday. Like, don't be caught empty-handed. Be ready with chocolate. Like, it's a very strange thing. But um, <laughs> I thought that, like, the best Valentines in school had candy associated with them. But if you didn't have a candy, you're like, it better be a sticker. It better be something. Like, it just became such a uh, a competitive thing, oddly. But it's expensive, and it's uh, kind of unreal when you think about kids trying to understand the concept of love. And you're like, quickly hand out these valentines that really are supposed to be for a very meaningful um expression or of appreciation right it's very odd (laughs) well we're getting all kinds of stuff in the chat here uh redneck mystic 2000 who has some connection either to alabama or los angeles or both um (laughs) says says, um, (laughs) to remember that each desk had a little manila envelope taped to the side as a mailbox. And yes, we did. And Reverend Art says, too, we had the school handouts. We decorate the little mailboxes to put on our desks and then parade around the room like a chain gang, dropping off Valentine's <laughs> as we went. That was how it was. I wish they still did it in school because it's a fun thing to look back on, although essentially strangely meaningless. The best part was when you came home and your mother had the red heart-shaped box of C's candy and you were allowed to choose one. And being a uh, C's fanatic, you knew that the one with the three little dip tops was the raspberry ganache and you took pick that one 
I have to say, Ms. Cat, we we need to bring up that there's a regional difference here. In the Midwest, we have Russell Stover, and that is that is like the not the bottom of the barrel, but it is the bare the the bare expectation. Like we, you can go up to Godiva to other uh, areas of this, but Russell Stover was the one that we all were like, I am so ready for the Russell Stover, mm-hmm. and like also the the candy with the like little map on it. So you could make sure that you avoid the ones you hated and leave those with for your mom to eat, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's good. Yes, I, I do remember when I moved to Missouri, there was Russell Stover. Um, well, we the, the picture we put on um, the placard for this show was Seize Candy because that's my native and, and Agashiva's native candy. Ah <laughs> uh, well. Well, no, let's talk about yeah, let's talk about how we can work with Valentine's Day to do spells. So I'm going to just um, kick this off with that box of C's candy or Russell Stover's candy or whatever you have. In the C's candy box, it comes with ribbon, or sometimes the ribbon is just embossed. Depends on what level and layer you're buying, and also through the years they've changed the packaging. But in the box, there's little cups with the candies in it, and then under that there's a little white you know, paper thing, whatever. Um, it is not impossible to, um, of course, they do seal them now in cellophane because of the uh, health concerns, you know, poisoners, whatever. But once the box is opened, you can take those candies out of the cups and you can um, doctor them in one way or another. You can um, do the simplest thing of all, kiss the paper wrappers and put them, for now, every wrapper has been kissed. And the kiss will not show on the candy. You can lay a uh, handkerchief, and of course you would want it to be one of those beautiful um, printed handkerchiefs with the hearts printed all over it, and you would lay that on top in the manner of the spiritual church movement where you want to bless many things at once, and you lay the handkerchief over it, put your hands over that, and bless it. So you can even bless the sealed package of candies if you would wish to. And you, But you want the um, handkerchief with the hearts on it. Now you can do, as in the spiritual church, and dress the handkerchief with oils, such as, you know, love me oil, come to me oil, or whatever, in the four corners and in the center, and make a prayer on that. So I throw those two out. Um, how about you, Miranda? What's a good spell that you use? So a spell that I think is actually um, maybe a little bit more um, for the crafty folks in in the chat or listening to this in the future is something that my sister and I do is we offer coupons, like an offer of help, an offer of something to be returned in the future, something that kind of like last year's Valentine, I made a round to it little wooden token which essentially you can only give back to me or use with me to give you something back, right? So I actually like the idea of giving a favor because that allows someone to come back to you. It kind of puts the ball in their court. So offering a coupon of help, offering a coupon for a meal, because meals you can always make really special um, in a root work way, (laughs) in a a very special, uh, you know, you can make that with your, personal concerns of other things, many things you could do with meals or candies and things. The other thing I like to do is mending. I like to offer to people a service of let me sew that button back on for you. Let me fix your pants. Let me, because I work in fashion, so I know how to sew. I'm using a skill I have that allows people to kind of trust me with their personal things, right? 
But what I mm-hmm. love about this is you can sew as and make a prayer as you sew, which is a known thing. You can do knots when you're sewing to tie them to you. You can also use your hair and sew a piece of hair. Like how else? When we look at some of these really old cells about putting a hair, sewing your own hair in someone's hat so that you're always on their mind. Like, you got to ask for someone, you know, to give you something to put in it. So this is a really great opportunity to make yourself available. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. It's like, I don't, I'm not out there to, like, you know, say, here's my love, take it. It's more of a, would you like something from me? I would love to offer help. So that's one of my big things is like offering acts of service, essentially. Um, but mending, uh, offering someone a way to mend something, a lot of people don't know how to sew. A lot of people don't know how to put buttons back on. So if you have a skill that can help somebody, make that an offer on your Valentine, something like that. And also, that's a really cheap Valentine. I don't think Valentine should have to cost money. So I personally like that idea. Um, I was trying to think of another one. Sorry, go ahead. That's really that's really sweet. Um, and, of course, as you said, it does allow you to do all kinds of sneaky tricks. Really great. Um, I want to I mean, bring Contraman in here because he's been silent, and Valentine's Day is for men, too. How about it, Contraman? Oh, yes, I'm full of all sorts of sneaky tricks. <laughs> My uh, favorite uh, for, for Valentine's because Valentine's Day isn't just a day of love. And one of the themes that you all have been talking about here is the giving of Valentine's. So Valentine's is, is traditional to say with gifts. And in fact, that's an old religious understanding too, is the giving of charity is the primary understanding of Valentine's Day. So as it's become associated with love, it's got a real strong connection with gifts. So any type of tricking of the gifts works really, really well with this particular season and day. One of my favorite techniques is to fix uh, roses. So what you do is you buy a bunch of roses and you place them for a couple days in a vase. And on the outside of the vase, you put uh, the image of the lover's card or the two of cups. And you smoke very lightly. You very lightly burn some incense and waft some of that incense into the direction of the roses, praying over it for a period of days while the moon is waxing until the day of Valentine's. Then you take the roses out, you make sure you get them nice and dry so that they're not, you're not giving them too wet, but then you wrap it up, make it nice and beautiful. It also has the added benefit of making it look like you're making the bouquet more custom. So you can um, wrap it in, in certain colors, you can use tissue paper, and then just take just a small dab, just a small drop of come-to-me oil and put it in the center rose, just a drop of it, so that when they smell it, they will smell Oh, we lost him. Uh-oh, we lost him. Um, we ended up with what some a giant... Uh-oh, we ended <laughs> up with some giant spew of um, stuff. It says, just muted... Uh, mm -mm. Anybody can hear me? Just say yes if you can hear me. I see him on the board. I hear you. Okay, well, we're we're still going on then. I think we got what he was saying, and a small dab of come-to-me oil on the center rose. And we'll try to get him back online. We're obviously having some interesting problems. Well, Um, I'm going to, I'm going to jump back in with another Valentine's Day, um, greeting um cookies uh, so um cookies are uh, you know 
easy to make. You can make sugar cookies recipes all over, and heart-shaped um, cookie cutters are certainly available in many different sizes. And you can make um, cookies. I've, some of the prettiest ones I've seen are stacked to look kind of like a pasted valentine where you have a large heart that you go with a, a hard white frosting, and then you have a smaller heart with a red frosting, and you put that on top, and then you can put some sprinkles, like silver sprinkles on the red heart or whatever you want to do. And those can be made. But, of course, when you're making those, um, those heart-shaped cookies, whether you stack them up like that or just do singles, as you stir the ingredients, you're going to be stirring and praying, stirring and praying, stirring and praying. Stir clockwise for good things to come to you. Again, you can, depending on what kind of a, a method you use for making the frosting, you can actually draw in the frosting as you're making it, um, your hearts, your wishes, the initials of people. And those make really great gifts. And I, I just want to say, because we've talked about a bunch of sneaky things right now, Miss Michael is working on a book on sneaky tricks, and it's all a conceal your hoodoo. And there's a whole lot of this kind of work in that book. So I just want a little shout-out to Miss Michael. She's the author of mm. uh, co-author of Hoodoo Bible Magic, one of our best-selling books. And this is going to be a, a good one. And it'll be out at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival in June. All right, I heard Ollie's mm-hmm. So you're back. Yeah, you can hear me. I am I am back. It was very strange. I could hear you all, but you couldn't hear me. I was in the void, clearly, for a moment. I yeah, you banished, you the, banished the technical song. void. Yeah. Contraband, your soul was just too strong. The soul was just too strong, and we weren't ready. Like, oh, I know. hit it, though. It was, it was too <laughs> it was hot for a, for a Sunday afternoon. But no, I Well, I, I think I, we, I we actually man. got it all. I think we, we yes, got it all the did. way down. Yeah, so just um, to the drop of yeah, oil. This is, yeah, the little the little bit of oil. So that's another thing about oils, and I want to just mention since we're talking about cooking, uh, do not cook with essential oils. Okay, just for no. a reminder, there's always new people listening to the show. Do not cook with essential oils, but you can cook with um, water-based extracts of well-known mm-hmm. love herbs. So you can cook with Almond extract, vanilla extract, mm-hmm. um, rose water, orange water, and those can mm-hmm. be used to substitute for the water in any recipe that you're making any kind of a love food. Mm-hmm. And they they add a little bit of scent, and they're very very nice. And um, yeah. people would might at this point go, why almonds? Because almonds are in the rose family. Yes, and they're associated with the. Um, the mandorla shape, which is sort of a stylized female genital shape. And mm-hmm. so, yes, almond extract. And vanilla... They're also an it, aphrodisiac. Yeah, it's an aphrodisiac. And and then vanilla is just... It comes from an orchid, and it is mm-hmm. a well-known aphrodisiac, and it particularly affects men. And mm-hmm. um, it's... I mean, there's... Lots of scientific studies about this. So men tend to like um, uh, vanilla ice cream, for instance. No, it's, but then it's if very you want true. to make vanilla it, is brilliant. yeah, if you want to make it very um, Valentine-ish, then you can put strawberries, which look like hearts, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know they put a little strawberry sauce on that vanilla ice cream. Yeah. Another good Valentine Day food is strawberry shortcake, 
with the mm. whipped cream representing the uh, semen and the strawberries representing the menstrual blood of the ideal heroscamos or wedding couple. I mean, and I think a lot of people so... don't realize how easy it is to actually make homemade chocolate. It's, I mean, it's one of the things that people, I mean, you think it's hard, but you can buy chocolate making kits. But also, chocolate's actually quite easy. You can, you have a double boiler, how to melt it. So, if you want to do chocolate covered strawberries or chocolate covered almonds, because almonds are amazing, they are an aphrodisiac, you can make that at home. And then if you've got a sugar jar going on that person, particularly if you've got a sugar jar going for a little bit, you just take a pinch of that sugar jar and add it into the melted chocolate, making sure to stir and pray. Dip your strawberries into that. Dip your chocolate into that. And then give that as a gift, a homemade gift. You've got the act of a thoughtful gift, a custom gift, rather than something that you Mm -hmm. bought. And it's one that's got sugar that you've been working on for a while that you've now added to this recipe that they're going to ingest. Very powerful way of working. Right, and I just I just have to jump in with one thing about oh. why I mentioned that vanilla was from a vanilla a vanilla orchid. Orchid has the Greek root that means testicle. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can testify. Vanilla um, is like a very, super aphrodisiac. Miss um, Cat, I was going to say that when we spoke earlier about the show, you were talking about powdered sugar as a great idea for you know. Instead of using, like, sachet powders for things, obviously you can't, those aren't edible, but using confectioner sugar or even, Ollie, when you mentioned using that sugar bowl, like, there's different kinds of uh, kitchen appliances that can make fine grated sugar. You can take a sugar from a sugar bowl to create that powdered sugar um, uh, effect, like, to get that really grated look. So there yeah, what, I, what I was talking about, and thank you for reminding me, that what I was talking about was people are looking at this from a standpoint of, uh, you know, standard hoodoo supplies, and you would have a sachet powder, and it would have some sort of a base. Depending on who the maker is, it might be arrowroot powder, cornstarch, um, it could be talcum powder, it could be anything. I prefer the vegetal rather than the mineral powders, but it's up to you what you want to mm. use. But in working for um, Valentine's Day, powdered sugar would be your sachet powder and so you Mm. can make anything and just dust it lightly with powdered sugar that has been prepared with some of this scent like vanilla or rose Mm. or what it would be thanks for reminding me of that Mm. miranda i'd let it pass by scent is incredibly incredibly powerful it's probably the, the the sense that is most associated with arousing people with memories. It's very powerful, and it's also incredibly subtle. It's another way of working on Valentine's Day. If you're, again, if you're, if you're picking someone up for a date, one of the best things you can do is put a little bit of those sachet powders on where they will sit. You put it right in the floor mat. You work your fingers into the floor mat. Just a pinch of it, not a lot. One, it will make the car smell great. And everyone loves getting into a car that smells great. And the more they smell it, the better it is, the more time you have together. That intimacy, while you're, it turns the driving experience into something intimate, but also works with foot track magic because they will be sitting, quite putting their foot on that on the place where you've dusted those sachet powders. You should do the exact same thing if you're intending to bring your date home. 
or if it's someone you're bringing to your house, make sure that you put some sachet powders into the carpet. You sprinkle a little bit of the sachet powders. You uh, work it into the carpet that way that they can walk through it and influence it. But you can also work with scent in other ways, making a custom perfume or cologne for yourself that you will wear out on a date or before you ask someone out on a date is really, really good. And I always tell people, find a scent that you really like. It does take a little bit of practice. You need to have a nose for this. And the cat can testify what I mean when I say a nose for this. You've got to know how things smell and how things blend because you don't want to make something that clashes. But you want to find something that you can add a little bit of come-to-me oil, just a drop of come-to-me oil, and then just a drop of your sexual fluids. You can use just, a, for example, sexual fluids that have been gathered and then wiped on some type of um, popsicle stick that you can then stir. You can stir that into it, but that just adds a little bit of your sexual fluids, your pheromones, adds a little bit of cum to me, but then you want to mix it with whatever scent you enjoy. Wear that out. Put it on your pulse points, on your wrist, behind your ears when you go out, and they will smell you and remember you, and it will become strongly associated with you, and it will be strongly associated with desire. And I have often seen cases where we will, people will talk about phantom smells, like even after the date's over, like, I was thinking of you because I smelled your cologne today, or I smelled your perfume today. Mm-hmm. People will actually say that. It's just a really good way of working. I, I, I do want to bring in, uh, oh, bring in something oh. that Balkan Diviner posted here in the chat before it scrolls away. Some young people notched their arm, I, I think he means cut, in the shape of a cross, after which they overlapped their cuts, thus becoming brothers and sisters of the cross, respectively. They are considered brothers and sisters, and without the ritual of notching or cutting their arms, only through hugs, brotherly kisses, and an oath of mutual aid. Those who were twinned or taken sisters by the cross made a feast for friends. And I wanted to let Balkan Diviner know, because I just love Balkan Diviner's input here. In in English, we call this being blood brothers and blood sisters. And we don't necessarily make a cross. It just can be a single cut. And um, children and teens often do this, but we don't have any special feast for it. We call each other blood brothers and blood sisters. So, yeah, it's the same thing in America, Balkan Diviner. Miranda. You were oh, going yeah. to say something, Miranda. Oh, oh, oh Miranda. <laughs> I was going to give her a turn. Um, no, and I have a tendency to interrupt. I just get so excited sometimes about this topic. It's so dear. Um, but I was going to add on to the scent conversation, um, something that one of the best gifts an ex-husband gave me, and that sounds like I have many. I have one. Um, the best gift an ex-husband gave me was that he took me to Macy's one day, and he took me, like, the one right down in Union Square in uh, San Francisco. And I met a wonderful woman there named Miss C. And I don't know if Miss C is still there or not, but she took me from counter to counter to find my signature scent because she wanted to make sure that I understood mm-hmm. that my pheromone, pH, my everything interacts with stuff. And she wouldn't let me buy anything that day. She had me go home with samples, with sprays. She's like, I want you to remember what this smells like on paper, and I want you to remember what it smells like on your body. And it was one of the things that led me to certain fragrances in my life. But I hear from everyone I work with are taxi drivers anywhere I am. What is that? What is it that you're wearing? Once you find something that works with your body and your pH, people don't forget it. And I have a friend um, who even said to me one time when I brought a book back from, that I borrowed from her, she was like, oh, my God, it smells like you. I love it. 
and it wasn't romantic. It wasn't anything of like, um, you know, it wasn't, she wasn't saying like, oh, I'm interested in you. It was as much as like her memory of me involved the scent. So if you don't have mm-hmm. a signature scent or made that time to make that a part of your personality or identification, like go into it. It's worth the time. Um, yeah. So yeah, I personally feel like that's really good, especially because then when you do mix in any other oils or any of your personal concerns, it's an, it's heightened by your your scent as well. I think that just helps tie mm-hmm. everything together. But scent is so important to us as a as like a part of our bodies and how we sense the world. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm going to get into something and- back with the heart image. Um, this is an old one, and of course it's so old that more people know it through cartoons and animation and films than actually do it anymore um, because people don't carry pocket knives on them anymore. But it's a commonplace when I was young and probably mm. still among rural people. When you go out on Valentine's with your um, person that you like, you carve a heart in a tree with an arrow piercing it and coming out the other side. It's a very stylized design. And then you put your initials, you know, just two, you know, two initials and then a plus sign and their initials below it. So um, that stays in the trunk of the tree. It, it scars the bark of the tree. And mm-hmm. you don't do it so deep that you kill the tree or anything like that. But I have found trees with those things carved on it. I've also seen people do this on boulders where they will mm-hmm. uh, take a pocket knife and scrape and scrape and scrape at a boulder to make the heart with the arrow through it mm-hmm. and the two mm-hmm. initials plus two initials. And people say, oh, you're defacing nature or whatever. But it's a powerful spell because it mm-hmm. means that this will endure for many years. A tree usually will live many more years than a person, and a rock yeah can endure for a long time before the weather wears away the image of the heart that's carved into it. Yeah. And if you have tree of tree on your property, which is not too common nowadays in places like California, Southern California, but in other places that you do have a tree on your property, you carve it on your that tree on the property and then you make sure that you water that tree. You make sure you take care of the tree. You make sure you speak to the spirit of the tree. That spirit of that tree will become the guardian of your relationship. It will protect your relationship. It will ensure that your relationship endures. And I have found that it's really useful, particularly in cases so I had a case where, where a client, their grandmother taught them to do this. So their grandmother taught them that when they got married and they bought their first house to make sure that they plant a tree and to carve this heart with their initials on it and to keep that tree alive. Well, at mm-hmm. one point, these two, the, the couple had went through a serious like, bad moment where they were fighting, they were fussing, and the, the client reached out to me trying to find out what was going on. She's like, everything is going wrong. Even our tree is dying. And I went, oh, my God, someone is throwing for you marriage and your tree is taking the hit and so once we did some work about restoring the tree their relationship was repaired on its own so it's a very good working and builds real roots so if you can get a tree on your property and you do what miss cat just told you you've got a powerful mm-hmm. protector for both valentine's day and your relationship yeah that's a, that's really a, a an interesting story miranda said I have a tree engraving story that came from after death. Why don't you tell us it, Mm. Miranda? This is a wild one, and it's of my family. Um, I'll just say their first names, and hopefully that will be all right. But um, 
my uncle Ron, he had passed um, about maybe 15 years ago, and it was really sudden. And um, he had a large family, and we just all love him very, very much. But he was also kind of someone who wanted to be alone in nature often. And him and his wife, my aunt Sue, they had many this was odd, many properties, but really the properties were where they would go camping. So it wasn't about, like, we have homes. We have actual, like, property that we stay on, and it's also, like, about preserving nature, right? So they were both nature lovers, and they were out, uh, you know, like, and they would stay at different houses kind of by themselves because sometimes they wanted, or different uh, places to camp because they just wanted to be in nature even by themselves and not well, After mm-hmm. his death, my Aunt Sue went to one of the properties, and she was walking around with the daughters, and they look at this little overlook over a creek, and she, I can't remember which direction she turned to, but a tree that was right on that creek had her name in a heart, and it says Sue, and it was after he had passed, and it was a healing moment for her to acknowledge that, you know, their love, none of us fully understand, but, you know, between two Mm. people, that love is very specific, right? But it's one of those things that none of us could deny that two mm-hmm. and each other. And, he, and the fact that she's been all over these other properties and they've hiked everywhere, she never saw that tree until after he passed. And it said her name clear as day. And so that was wow. something that daughters to see wow. and her to see after his death was really important. Mm-hmm. And I think about I'm not saying that's going to be for everybody, but it was, it said a lot about their relationship and, it says so much about how I may not fully understand all the things that happened in their relationship, but between them, they knew each other very well and they knew what that meant. So it was really mm-hmm. cool. That's really beautiful. Um, mm. There's a, there is a thing Balkan Diviner mentioned, um, collecting snowdrops and um, violets, which is spelled strangely as violins, but it's violets. Um, placed at icons and used for various love charms. Violets are unusual in that they have a leaf that looks like a heart. And you can uh, collect and press violet leaves flat and then wear them in your shoe. Wear one in each shoe mm-hmm. if you wish. They will, you know, of course, tear apart and come to pieces very quickly. But the idea is that you are going to lead yourself to walk toward the one you love, whether it's someone you know or an unknown lover of your future, you put a violet leaf in your heart, excuse me, violet leaf in your shoe, and the heart will lead you to your heart's desire. So that's a very old um, American custom. And uh, the violet leaf can also be pressed in the Bible. And so you can find a, a piece in the Bible that relates to love or marriage. Or if the person that you love is named a biblical name, and it could be anything, you know, Saul or, or Samuel or David or anybody. You find a passage in the Bible with that name in it, and you put the violet in that piece in that page of the Bible. Hmm. If you, if there's a little bit of, if you can do some long-term planning, one really interesting way mm-hmm. of working, and, and I've done this for a client. Take a, if you go on a Valentine's date. Take a picture together as a memory. Take a picture. Everyone's got a camera phone. It's very easy. It shouldn't be sneaky. It should be something sweet. Let's take a photo. 
in front of this beautiful fountain. Let's take a photo together at our first date. Whatever it is, whatever Valentine's date you do, you take that photo and then you print that photo out. Put it into a picture frame and anoint that picture frame with Love Me Oil. Burn pink candles in front of it uh, every Friday for a year until next Valentine's Day. And then take that picture frame and give it as a gift to that person. If you're still together, give it to them, and it will ensure that you will remain together going you know, future Valentine's Day. So it's a way of capturing the moment of the first Valentine's Day that you, you enjoyed together, then working that as a personal concern of the photo, you using candles, using oils, using prayers for a whole year, building that power and then giving it as a gift to that person. Of course, this is predicated upon the idea that you are still together in a year, but if you are doing that work, you should be. That's that's great. Miranda, you mentioned something here. You're you're so excited. You're typing ahead and we're trying to keep up with you here. A violet <laughs> syrup color changing syrup from purple to pink depending on pH, a great way to make a cocktail to break out of the friend zone. So what is this wild violet syrup? Can you explain that? Well, when you and I talked earlier about the flowers associated with Valentine's Day, like roses and violets, violets are often related to a kind love, a gentle love, not an aggressive um, love. And violets, I think, are a great gateway. If we think about um, something that's really hard for a lot of couples, or not even couples yet, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. For people who are really closely connected to somebody, but they've been put into the friend zone, the idea of a, of a violet color-changing drink is really interesting. So you can make a syrup from violets, um, and it originally comes out purple, but when you add acid, like lemon juice, uh, it turns pink. And it's basically, it's a really fun little, like, science experiment if you're a kid and, you know, you're looking at, like, oh, what is acid, what's basic, that kind of thing. But this is something that you could do as a way to serve, like, as a gateway. Like, if you make cocktails for somebody, everyone loves having a drink, even if it's not um, alcoholic. This is a great way to make a lemonade or something like that. Like, so how can you give somebody something that changes in front of them and lets them know maybe your intentions? I mean, we can talk all the way back to, like, Victorian and Edwardian um, uh, floral language, floriography, I think you mentioned mm-hmm. um, this and that's definitely your world, not mine. But this is kind of another, like, how can you change someone's perception even with this color or maybe showing a little spark or something magic when you make them something? Um, that's like also sharing a little secret. It's a little bit of intimacy to show that kind of color change. So it's interesting. That's that's really nice. Uh, hydrangeas um, do the same thing. Depending on the pH of where they grow, you can get pink hydrangeas, uh, lavender purple mm-hmm. hydrangeas or violet colored hydrangeas and blue hydrangeas and it it used to be very common among Italian families because hydrangeas tend to like a warm climate uh, to grow a pair of hydrangeas on either side of the front door and one would be uh, pink and one would be blue blue for peaceful home pink for friendship and but there are stages of of hydrangeas just depending you just adjust the ph and the hydrangea will give you a blossom of a different color yeah that's a wonderful uh truth of nature ph means something (laughs) so getting getting back to the hearts again i want to go to a heart-shaped pillow 
So you can buy pillow forms at any craft store, and you can even buy them with already made, um, made in China, usually cotton with a lace edge. Um, these pillow forms are wonderful little, you know, gifts. You can make your own. You can make them with red flannel. You can make them with um, handkerchief lace. And there are many ways to make a heart-shaped pillow. You can also make a pillow with two handkerchiefs. And I'm going to recommend a place called BumblebeeLinens.com. And BumblebeeLinens.com has print handkerchiefs of many Valentine and heart designs. And they also have white handkerchiefs with many kinds of lace, Battenberg lace, cut-and-drawn lace, and crocheted lace, and so forth. And the prices are reasonable. And you can get two of these handkerchiefs and make a pillow. You can make it stuffed with herbs, or, or you can make it stuffed with batting with herbs in it. Or you can you know, figure out your own way to work it. You can also use one handkerchief to make a... Um, like a mojo bag, but just like a little ball that you tie a string around, sometimes called um, ghost dollies, if you hang them the other way with the little ball at the top and their little arms fringing. And you can see a picture of that in my book, Hoodoo Dolls and Effigies. So these um, ghost dollies made of handkerchiefs are, are wonderful, and you can get handkerchiefs printed with hearts all over them. And just give them to somebody as, like, here's a little sachet. And... They can put it in their bed, bedding or in their linen, and it will smell sweetly and, and, of course, convey the feeling of love. And that brings us to dolls with real hearts in them. So mm-hmm. the the Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy type doll, and the story by Johnny Gruel of Raggedy Ann, she has a little candy heart in her bosom that says, I love you. And... This is actually was done when they started making Raggedy Ann dolls. They actually did put these little candy hearts, and then they found out that, you know, kids left them out in the rain and the candy heart all went mushy and whatever. But you can make a doll with a candy heart in it, very common to do. Now, there are mm-hmm. candy hearts still being made, and they're just basically pressed powdered sugar and a little bit of dextrose or whatever. And they come in different colors, and they come with. Of course, at some point, people decided to make sarcastic candy hearts, which have really mean sentiments that are very cruel. I would not recommend using those. Get the really nice ones, and you can still buy them. And um, a little dish of those candy hearts can be used for sortilage and fortune-telling. Mm-hmm. So you're having mm-hmm. some people over, and you just laugh and say, oh, look, I found these candy hearts. And they still make them, you know, whatever. And then you watch which one each person picks. They mm. are going to look at them. They're not going to reach blindly. And if they pick the candy heart that says, I love you, and eat it in front of you, they're giving you a message. If they pick the candy mm-hmm. heart that says, not now, then that's what they're going to be <laughs> conveying. So sortilage with candy hearts. And I think that's mentioned also in the book, um, Lithomancy by John St. Well, this we covered a lot of ground. Thank you, we do. Miranda. Thank you so much. Um, and now uh, we're going to have Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller is Aya Asha Aya, calling from area code 786. Asha Aya, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Can you hear me? And Yes, I can. All right. Okay, thank and you. she says that she has um, been on a... Um, radio show before on February 8th, and she's going to what she would like to give a bit of an update about that um, situation, as well as um, her current situation where she writes, I feel I am at a turning point and all things point to doing the hoodoo course. I want a reading on that. It feels that it will make a world of difference in opening my eyes. As a writer with great reviews, is my money blocked? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Well, thanks for coming back. Um, can I just call you Aya instead of Aya Asha Aya? Yes, please. That's fine. And forgive my voice. I'm getting over a cold. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, you, you have a couple of things that you're mentioning here, and I'm going to try to just focus in on one. Um, I'm very grateful that you're interested in the Hoodoo course, and and I hope that you do take it, and I hope that it does make a big change in your life, or that you find the information that you uh, that you want and need and like. But let's get to the uh, question of: As a writer with great reviews, is my money blocked? So I'm going to do the first reading on this. Then Miranda will do a reading, and then Contraman will give you some root work advice. So um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. What is your sign of the zodiac? Aries. Aries. Oh, that's a good sign. Yes. I like that sign. Very good at starting things and a very active person. And now you say you're a writer with great reviews. Do you write fiction or nonfiction or poetry? I write. I write all three actually. All three. And are yeah. the good reviews for any one of them more than the others? Actually, um, my the um, uh, the best reviews I've had are regarding um, a subject that's very close to me, and that's the exploitation of children. I actually drew inspiration from Taken, and I said, well, what about the children who have no father who's been in the CIA to go after them and get them? How can I make a happy ending for someone like that? And it's one of my best-reviewed books. Someone wrote me and told me it changed their life. It inspired mm-hmm. a man who read my book via text to read, which is that he listens to the book. Um, mm-hmm. that, that was before Audible. And it inspired him to start writing his own books. But it also, mm-hmm. he said it also caused him to look more closely um, when he walked in his neighborhood, and this is a man from the UK, he said, does an exploited child live in that house or in that house? You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, I, I understand. I'm going to try to answer your question now. 
Um, but I'm going to start by saying what you've told me about what you are proudest of writing and what has gotten the most attention and the best reviews um, is not something that is um, designed to make money. In other words, it was designed from a charitable and compassionate and concerned heart. So it may be that you need to think about, is that what you want to do to make money or do you just want to help save children? So I say that because as someone who has written many kinds of things, I find that some things people will pay for and some they will not. And it really comes down to what my seed germ idea, my germination idea when I created the writing was. Okay, now I'm going to read three cards for you. Card number one is justice. So this is called a card of even consideration, uh, negotiation, mediation, and also uh, there's a sword to cut off negativity. And it says that you might find that the work that you write about, about justice, will be the best received. And that kind of goes along with what you just said. There is no money in this card, but it doesn't say that your money is blocked either. It says you really want to think about, do you have contracts for money? How are your uh, writings monetized and who will purchase them? And how will you create fame for yourself? Because fame in and of itself is a form of monetization. The next card is a card called the Knight of Wands. And this is a helper knight. It can be um, a doctor, a lawyer, it can be a literary agent, it can be a friend, a companion. And this is somebody who wants to help you and is willing to approach you with some ideas. It also is a wand card, which means it might involve candle burning. And candle burning might be used to uh, draw fame or success to you. So that's just an idea that we may go into the root work with the idea of a, of fame. And the, it's not a money card either. And the next card is the Knight of Pentacles. So I have two knights now. And the Knight of Pentacles is a person going forward, holding money, but going very slowly. Their horse is at a standstill. They will bring money, but it'll be a while. They have a plowed field that they have to plant and harvest and, and all. And there's a lot of work involved here. So what I see is that nobody has blocked your money. Nobody has cursed or crossed your money. But you have um, some time to work on. It would help you if you become associated with someone who is a uh, an agent, a promoter, a social media person who can help you in some way. And also remember, if your mission is simply justice and fairness, it's very difficult to monetize justice and fairness. It, it There's a lot of problems with that because charity that is monetized um, is subject to being, um, what's the word I want to say, abused. So be careful in trying to mix those two streams of thought. All okay. right. I'm going to turn this over to Miranda. Thank you. Hi, Aya. It's Miranda. Um, Hi. I actually pulled your cards while you were talking, and especially when you were talking about the stories you received really good reviews on. I feel like when someone is at 
in that moment and talking about what they're passionate about, that's a great time to pull cards because I'm like, okay, this is your energy. This is what you're good at. And I have a couple things that I feel like are related to what this cat is saying. The sentiment, my sentiment is similar, even if my cards are a little different because, you know, we all take our own symbolism with decks and we have a certain thing sometimes um, it's causing us to have a, a conversation with our decks about certain images. So the first image that fell out, like the first card that fell out by was shuffling while you were talking was the Queen of Swords. And to me, Queen of Swords, she's a boss, and there is no problem with her with what she needs to do. There is, she is the cutter of bullshit. That knife, that sword can cut all the ways it needs to, and you lead. People look to you, and you're not looking down. You're not looking anywhere else. You're looking forward. So this card actually says so much about your strength, and it says so much about your abilities. I do not sense that anyone is blocking your money. If anything, maybe there's a couple things you need to unearth um, to open up the gateways for okay. more money to come in. The next card, so I'm going to do, that's just like a little bonus card. It fell out while I was shuffling. The three other cards I have here, I like to do, um, there was a, I had a tarot teacher that I love very, very much in New Orleans. Her name is Miss Ellie. She likes to do a three-card spread, which is um, the first card is what's the situation. The next card is what do I need to know. And the last card is what do I got to do. And okay. it kind of helps having a little bit of steps, right? So the first card about the situation, you actually got five of swords here. And five of swords, it's kind of like it's an unfair battle. And you might have actually taken up enough of the things, like enough of, you have all the swords. You have three swords, two swords on the ground. These guys are walking away. You put the lockdown on this, this, this type of uh, writing style or this subject matter. And in some ways, that's going to limit you. Your best mm-hmm. writing right now based in this, but you actually need to think a little bit broader and maybe even uh, extend your passions in another way is more approachable for even more people. So, like, you mm-hmm. have momentum now. What can you do to open that gate and get more people interested in your writing and to cover more topics that are close to your heart? But right now, you, like, took all the swords from everybody else. Like, ain't nobody else going to do it as good as you. But that's limiting, you know? Like, I, I feel like there's more that you can offer here. Um, I also think it's interesting that both of the sword cards, the one that fell out of the deck, and then the second one, you holding these swords, I'm just like, oh, man, like, you're holding on to all these swords, but swords are heavy, man. Like, <laughs> this doesn't let you grow. you got to carry those everywhere, right? The next <laughs> card is what you need to know, and it's the hermit. And the hermit means self-introspection. You need to go up that hill, up that mountain, and just take some time. And that's really important for writers or anyone who's creative. You need to go deep within and I really love that Miss was talking about uh, when it comes down to, like, uh, a candle burning or something like that. The hermit has a lantern. So, again, you're going to have a little bit more knowledge once you take a moment to breathe, look at what you're good at, and just, and you know, maybe meditate with a candle. Write your, your petition for more knowledge, more opportunities, and burn that with a candle. There's something about really going back to, like, knowing what you're good at and not worrying about anybody blocking your money because I don't see that at all. Um, the last card, which is you, is the lovers. And when I see a card like that, I'm just like, oh, you have really good options. And the lovers to me is less about a love. I mean, even though this is our Valentine's Day episode, the lovers to me is a hard decision. 
there's worthiness. Like there's, it's a triangle, right? There's like the angel, there's the man, there's the woman. And the woman is looking up at the angel. The man is looking at her. Like there's kind of a, a triangle weird flow here, right? But all that matters is that you get to choose. What is your higher calling? So you need to look at, do I want to talk about my passions or do I want to make money? And it kind of sucks to think about it that way. But you can, you can integrate those things. You absolutely can. So I feel like it is just one of those things you need to do some clarification. The hermit and the lovers, that just sounds like you need to figure out what you love and make that decision. And once you make that decision, things are going to change so dramatically. And especially because I asked for one last card. I pulled it out. Um, Right as Miss Cat was talking about, like, well, the topic you're you're writing for doesn't exactly make money, you know that kind of thing. I pulled mm-hmm. the magician. You have a lot of uh, major arcana cards, which usually mean major uh, changes in your life. So the fact that you have the magician means you control it. Once you choose your path, or choose what you're going to write about, and acknowledge like how much change do you want to make, or do you want to make money, or do you want to do both? But what is that going to measure that out to? The magician means you're going to get it done. And that also okay. means you're going to be doing a – you can definitely do root work. I feel like Ollie and Miss Cat have so many ideas there um, to bring to the table on this. But I'm talking long, but I felt really strongly about this reading. Well, thank you so All much. Right. And I appreciate okay. you, Cat. You've given okay, me a little Okay, well, we're going to go to a countryman now. So we got we got a time limit here. So let's turn this over to you. Okay, thanks. Okay. Yeah, real quick question. Do you, what sign of the zodiac are you? Aries. Aries, okay. So you want to work quite a bit with fire here. So what I'm going to do is give you some root work recommendation based off of the really great readings that you've got here. First, I do really want to encourage you to get a mercury talisman. Uh, if you can, you can get it from a, a root worker that works with astrology. You can find them online. You can make one for yourself. And they're really good for writers who want to make money as writers. Mercury is the patron of scribes, quite literally. So anyone who wants to be make money as a as a writer, they should have a mercury talisman. Something I, I really encourage you to get here. Um, particularly because uh, as an Aries right now, you've got Jupiter transiting that Aries. So this is going to be a really good time to do a lot of the magic work that you're doing um, because it'll bring in fortune. Jupiter has some dignity in, in Aries, so this is a good time for you. What I want you to do is have a dedicated space for your writing. This can be uh, a desk of some sort. It can be a small writing desk, but it should have enough space on there for you to keep your writing utensils, whether you're writing on a computer, a laptop, whatever you're using, it should be on there. But you should decorate it with images of success. You should have a an image of, say, the New York Times bestsellers. You should put that right on there. You should have whatever award you're interested in. You should have them all on this particular place. It acts as an altar attracting all the good for you so that as you're writing, you can look out at these images. In addition, I want you to get a small lodestone and place this into a bowl. You're going to put money underneath the lodestone in the bowl, and you're going to sprinkle some magnetic sand on it. Then you're going to place the bowl on top of a plate, on on top Uh of some type of saucer. And then you're going to put a master root on that saucer and sprinkle just a little bit of sugar in a ring around it. Not a lot, just a little bit. That is what you're going to keep on this dedicated writing space. Next to it, I want you to set up an oil lamp. We had a mention of a lamp. We have fire. Uh, you're a fire sign, so we want to work with some fire here. What I want you to do is get an oil lamp. Into the well of the lamp, you're going to add master root, five-finger grass, deer's tongue, 
Bailey, John the Conqueror. I'm going to repeat that. Master Root to give you mastery. Five Finger Grass to give you success with all five of your fingers. A Deer's Tongue to give you eloquence. Bailey to crown you with success. John the Conqueror that you may overcome and bring luck your way. You're going to add some Crown of Success oil and you're going to fill this oil lamp. Whenever you sit down to write, and I highly recommend that you have a dedicated time to write, but it seems like you've already written books, so you probably don't have any difficulties with publishing, but a good habit of writing is always useful. But whenever you sit down to write, you're going to light your oil lamp, you're going to light some sandalwood incense, you're going to take some magnetic sand and feed your lodestone, and then put your fingers and start writing. What this will do is it will bring creativity your way, but it will bring creativity that draws you money and success. So it's not just that you'll get good reviews. You'll get good reviews that then bring you in wealth, that bring you fortune, that bring you awards, that bring you all these things. As long as you follow this process, you are lighting the lamp, and by light of that lamp you are writing. It doesn't mean it's the only light you have on. You could certainly have uh, other uh, lights on, but you want to light this particular oil lamp. You're going to then uh, light some incense, sandalwood incense. You're going to sprinkle that magnetic sand on that lodestone, and then you begin to write. As you gain money from your writing, you want to cash the check and put some of it underneath that lodestone. Once a month, you want to give that money back. You don't need to put all your paycheck there, just a, a symbolic amount, maybe like $5. And then once a month, you're going to give the cash back, give it to charity, give it to the poor. You can even give it to writers' funds, people who are struggling to write. You can give it there. But this allows money to flow in and flow out. And the better it flows, the better your wealth will become because there's some sense of blockage on your end. And money can get blocked even when it's not cursed. So we want to really introduce the sense of flow. That energetic flow is going to be crucial for bringing wealth your way. This is my recommendation for you. We have a minute here, so let's turn this over to Ms. Kat and Ms. Miranda to see if they have anything further to add. Thank you. I think that's that's all really, really good work. And I have really nothing to add to it um, but I do like the idea of the accumulating of money whenever you light the lamp. I put in a coin or something like that and mm-hmm. use that to spread the money around. I also think that one of the things that we were talking about when we started was that you have several forms of writing. And do you, do you have a website? Yes, I do. Okay, so at that website, I want to see tabs for everything, you know, fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and um, so that people can follow down whatever rabbit hole they want. But I also want them, when you get to them, to cross-link to the other kinds, you know, the other types of writing. And uh, when you're writing uh, any one of these types of work or publishing it or however, you know, if you're, if you're getting print copies made, make set one copy aside um, as your uh, on your altar as a as a kind of a token of what you're doing. Okay, Miranda, do you have anything to add? I think the only thing that I would I'm, I'm not even adding. I'm just saying I love the idea of sharing the wealth amongst other writers. Um, you know, you never know when someone's going to get called it to the majors. You never know when someone is going to be hitting a great stroke of luck unless they think of you. So passing mm-hmm. on any of that funding that you get. Um, it, it's a- okay. 
All right. Well, thank you. And uh, if you want to post your website in the chat, we will all be able to see what it is. And then we can go there and read your writing. Okay. Coming up, our station identification. Brief, powerful, and then our announcer, Reverend James. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network. Broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Reverend James has met us with dead air. (laughs) That was different. (laughs) And now it's time for our pre-show segment. Hold on, Conjurman. It's different, but it's very old. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, James. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And now it's time for our freeze bell segment from our special guest, guest Miranda of Miss Miranda Tarot at Instagram in Minneapolis. Take it away, Miranda. All right. Um, obviously, Joan is a big deal to me. I've said that a million times on the show already. But there was something that I had a really interesting conversation with um, uh, my boyfriend, actually, who is a bit more in, like, the programming, coding side of, of the world. And he brought up the idea of a permission slip, a permission list to your heart to approve and deny. And I love the idea of this. And I thought, let's go into a little bit more of that and how we can also remind our minds to make some good boundaries. Like maybe there's some people you should let in and maybe there's some people you shouldn't. So um, for this spell, I would uh, recommend if you can buy a heart-shaped locket, um, and Miss Kat and I were talking about it the other day. We were talking about keys to your heart, um, but I love the idea of this being like a heart-shaped locket with little heart-shaped keys. And I think, let's see, Nagashiva, did you? Uh, I could put it this in as an Amazon link, but um, it's, it's a teeny tiny little pink heart locket with three extra keys. Depending on who you are as a person, you might want one lover. Maybe you want multiple lovers. Like, I'm just trying to think, you know, how you might want to live this life. But the point is to have a shaped locket and some keys, um, one or more. You want to key every person that you're thinking of. And that could be former lovers. That can be current lovers. That could be future potential lovers. You'll also have a paper and ribbon so you can tie their names to those keys. If you're really low on budget, I recommend just drawing out a heart-shaped locket with your name on it. And then you can draw out all the keys and just leave little pieces on those keys that you're drawing out for the names of the people that you're thinking of. The best part of this is that you could make this, essentially it's an approve and deny list, right? So you could have everybody in the approve list. You can keep them with your little locket in a beautiful box. An idea would be like grab a heart-shaped box fill it with some rose petals, really make it full of this wonderful scent and idea, and it's all sit there in a nice, beautiful, yummy nest. You can do that. But if you're wanting to put people on the deny list, like you want to keep people out of your business, especially around Valentine's Day, or maybe someone just needs to be put on timeout, you can put them in a mirror box. You can take those keys in a mirror box. You can put them in a freezer spell. You can do um, a number of things just to kind of shut them up a little bit. It just depends on what you want. Or you could even de- destroy and scatter that key somehow. Um, it's a little easier if it's paper, but if you're using those little cute keys, I think that you'll feel the intensity of you deciding to discard that, um, to damage that, or to even cut those keys in half. It just kind of ruin that bond that was. But it's important sometimes to have these ideas of um, 
who's allowed in and who's allowed uh, who's allowed in for various things or to make sure that you keep certain folks away because they're just not good for you. And there is a big tie-in between um, the belief that when you write something down or create like a vision board, your brain actually helps enforce it. It helps build it. So that's why I'm thinking that this spell would be a wonderful idea for you to do right before Valentine's Day, before you start getting the, hey, are you up texts? And, you know, what are you doing? Like maybe write down what you really want from those people. Um, and this is a, a locket spell that just allows you to also gift that key away. Like you can give it away on things uh, on uh, Valentine's Day by like you can tie their name to that little key. You can put it on in a bouquet of flowers. You can tie it on a with a little ribbon onto a box of chocolates as a gift. They have no idea that this key is just for them. But you can also anoint that key with oils, your personal concerns, anything that you're thinking that would help bind them to you. So this is an opportunity to give a key. You can also keep the key and put them in a beautiful little nest, um, like in a heart-shaped box, or, again, destroy or freeze out those folks if you need people to mind their business right now. Hopefully this makes sense. It's kind of a, an interesting idea, but I feel like until you kind of lay out who you like and who you don't like and what you're allowing them in and denying them from, sometimes your brain and your ancestors and your spirit, all the spirits around you can't help you. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping this will help. This is this is really a, a wonderful um, work. It's a self-working work. Mm-hmm. In other words, you you need not make a petition to a higher entity per se. This is you naming those keys and you making decisions about them. And it's a great way to work if you want to build your confidence as a magician, root doctor, practitioner. It's a lovely. Lovely, uh, wonderful way of working. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I love, I, I love that it's so dynamic. Yeah, it's dynamic exactly, and it and it's. Um, I like the idea of timeout keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that is that's that's so modern and yet so real. You know, uh, I'm putting your key in timeout. <laughs> really great stuff. Miranda, you are so such an original thinker and original worker. I really appreciate having you here. Um, you bring a lot to this show whenever you show up. And I still have hopes, my dear. I know you design kids' clothing, 9 to 5. It's what you get. But, but I know you're one of the better tarot readers out there. And you have a huge tarot following uh, in your spare time. And maybe you don't want to make more spare time, but I do wish you'd turn in your homework and graduate from the Hoodoo Root Work Correspondence course and put in a couple of lines about yourself at AIR and at Hoodoo Psychics so people can contact you because I don't think it's going to ever become bigger than that uh, job you have, which is also putting all of your artistry on show. But uh, we need you. We need you out there as a tarot card reader. All right, Miranda? I hear you loud and clear, and I definitely... Making a better effort this year to to provide that. Yeah, and I do have well, for, yeah, my private readings are the client list I have right now are great, but man, I need to definitely make the right time for more clients too. So thank yeah, you, I yeah. really appreciate. It. And uh, and all that, all those kids' clothing that you design, um, we know 
Miranda's not talking about it. We know there's some magic worked into those designs too, right? Absolutely. I mean, kids, kids. What, uh, the idea that we can um, allow kids to really express themselves and wear what's comfortable is a different time, a different day, and uh, I'm very thankful that I get to make things that kids want or kids tell me that they want. Pretty great. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing about magic. You can do it on all levels and in all places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you if, if if you get to know Miranda, you may find out where exactly she works, and you may find out that those clothes are actually more magically potent for your children to wear. Just saying, I I believe it to be so. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Well, there's our there's our music, and uh, we're going to bring in uh, James the surprised. And uh, sorry for sorry for surprising you that way, James. We should have warned you. Um, he's going to give us our closing announcements, and we're going to come back, and we'll all say goodbye in our various and several ways. Take it away, James. That's all right, Miss Cat. Roll with the punches. Um, thank <laughs> you, and uh, thank you, Conjure Man, and thank you, Miranda of Miss Miranda Tarot at Instagram in Minneapolis for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in California, bringing us the topic on influence versus domination magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjure Man at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from FolkConjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com forward slash radio show dot HTML. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Reverend James. And um, next week we're going to have Reverend Art as our announcer. This is going to become a thing. We're going to love it. (laughs) It's going to be great. Um, Thank you so much, uh, Miss Miranda. Thank you, Congressman Ali. Now remember, folks, you can go to hoodooworkshops.com and pick up the old workshops for $25 each or package deals for a savings. You can also... Go to Hoodoo Heritage Festival and buy your tickets now at the Early Bird Special Price for the upcoming Hoodoo Heritage Festival 2023, which is virtual and via Zoom. And that is something you ought to do. Good night, all. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.